Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When the Bible uses the word forget, it doesn't mean... I don't remember that. I, I just don't even remember that bad incident in my life. We remember it. So what does it mean to forget or let go of the past? Here's a definition you want to write. Please write it down. This will free you from all kinds of issues. To forget, in the Bible term here means, no longer am I influenced by or affected by this memory. Everybody has regrets. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're over the age of 10, you have things in your life you wish you hadn't done. That's what makes this concept of forgetting my past so hard to understand. Pastor Mark is teaching that the Bible uses the term forget in a much different way than we're used to using it. The Bible term forget means that those painful memories that have paralyzed us no longer have the power to inflict that pain on us. We will learn how to forget in the biblical sense so that we can be the people God intends us to be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 2 of his message, Forgetting My Past. Here's Paul. Here's what he's accomplished so much. And what does Paul say? I haven't arrived yet. And here's you and me. Now, if Paul hasn't arrived. (laughs) Hello. If Paul hasn't arrived yet, what could you say this morning? I haven't arrived yet either. Would you just turn to your name and say, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived yet. Now, what if Paul would have written this? What if Paul would have written this in his letter? I want to be like Christ. I want to achieve everything God has for me. And then the next verse, Paul writes this. I've done it. Thank you very much. How would you feel? You'd feel defeated. You'd feel like, well, I'm not Paul. Forget it. It's over with. I can't do it. Paul doesn't write that. He writes the truth. What he writes is... That no one will ever reach perfection. So the second thing you want to write this morning is a huge key for all of us. Spiritual maturity is never defined by perfection. Spiritual maturity, the goal is continued progress. So when we think about being mature, achieving what God wants, it's never going to be complete. The day we die, we're still going to say, I haven't arrived yet. But my goal is to press on. My goal is to be as much as I can be with the help of God. 
One day Solomon, the wisest man in the Old Testament, wrote in Proverbs 1.5, Let the wise listen and let them add to their learning. Sometimes what Paul is trying to say in the spiritual maturity, he's not arrived, is the same thing Solomon is saying. Solomon's saying is this, the word wise means someone who's very experienced. Well, Solomon says, those of us that are already very experienced in the things of God, keep growing, keep becoming wiser, continue on. So God is really saying to all of us this morning, be teachable, continue to grow. Now, how long do I have to grow and become more mature? How long do I do that? Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you are breathing this morning? How many are breathing this morning? Good. Anybody around you not breathing? If they're not, just have them raise their hand. And we have medical people. We'll just, I'll come there and pop you right in the hot bed. I've done that before many times. It's been a while, but I could find it. Boom, I'll get you right going again. So if you're breathing this morning, are you breathing this morning? You're breathing. If you're breathing, God isn't through with you yet. And part two, you haven't arrived yet. So the goal is to press on. That's exactly what Paul's saying. Now, to show us how to keep doing that, Paul gives us three keys. Today, I'm going to give you one of them. All three of these have to do with commitment. Here at Calvary Chapel, we have five core commitments as a church, all taken from the Bible. Let me show you the first one. This is exactly what Paul's saying. You and I have to commit to being a growing follower of Jesus Christ. It's not a side issue. It isn't something in the background. It should be a goal of your life. If you're going to be useful in our congregations and useful for God, you have to understand this one. Commit. In other words, it's something lifelong. It isn't something you do for three. Well, I'm going to take that six weeks course and then I'm done. No, 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 no. I'm going to commit to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. So out of that, we get a little bit of an understanding what the progress report is. So how is Paul going to do this? And let me show you the first step. Let's look at verse 13. Brothers, sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, I haven't arrived. You're just saying it a different way. But one thing... I do. There's focus. Forgetting what is behind and straining to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has, there's that word again, both words in verse 14. The goal has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So this week, step number one, Paul gives it to us. If I'm going to be growing and maturing, if I'm going to eventually achieve almost everything, never perfect, almost everything God has for me, what's the first step I have to do? Here it is. Step number one, write it down. Forgetting my past or letting go of my past. Now, in the New Living Translation, that verse 13 says like this. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. 
Now, there's something very important because when you and I use the word forgetting, it is not how the Bible uses the word forgetting. When you and I use the word forgetting, we forgot our keys. I don't know where my keys are. The word in the Bible is very different. And if you'll understand this, the whole teaching will make sense to you. So you're probably going to have to write this down in a moment. We're not there yet, but you're going to have to write this down in your Bible. Warren Rearsby, great Bible commentator, gives us a definition that I couldn't ever improve on. Here's what it is. Please keep in mind that in the Bible terminology, to forget does not mean to fail to remember. Apart from senility, hypnosis, or brain malfunction, no mature person can forget what has happened in their past. We may wish that we could erase certain bad memories, but we cannot. So in other words, what Warren Risby says is, when the Bible uses the word forget, it doesn't mean... I don't remember that. I I just don't even remember that bad incident in my life. We remember it. So what does it mean to forget or let go of the past? Here's a definition you want to write. Please write it down. This will free you from all kinds of issues. To forget, in the Bible term here means, no longer am I influenced by or affected by this memory. In other words, I know it happened in my past, but I'm no longer affected by it. I'm no longer influenced by that. Now, a few years ago, I was in Orlando driving, and I had a stick shift car. And I was used to that stick shift car. I've driven a stick for many years. And Linda and I were there. And as we were driving one day, the light began to change in front of me. And the guy in front of me who had started to go through the light decided not to go through the light. He stopped on a dime. Now, the next thing that happened was all his fault. It wasn't my fault at all. It's his fault. <laughs> I saw him stop and immediately I put on the brake. Except I put on the clutch. And the next thing that happened was... <laughs> so I had to take a picture of that. The front of my car all caved in. Now, did I go home and put that picture right over my computer so I could always look at that? No, because I felt like an idiot. Even though it was his fault, I felt like an idiot. You know better, it was my fault. Now, can I forget that? I would like to, but I can't because it's always in my memory. In fact, I remembered that flying back from Asia. I went, oh... It's still there. But see, it shouldn't what? Affect me or be negative in my life. It happened. It's done with. It's over with. Nothing I can do about it. I move on. So memories aren't something that are out there and we've just forgotten them. There they went. No, they they have no effect. They don't influence you and me anymore. Now, if I'm to forget and allow things in my past not to affect me anymore... What two areas is the Bible talking about? There's two. First one you want to write down today is this. You and I need to forget our past accomplishments. Our past accomplishments. And this blue suitcase today is a picture that if I would open this up, there would be all kinds of awards. 
there would be a trophy room of all the things you and I have accomplished. Sports, family, in the church, all kinds of things. There'd be all kinds of things in here that if I'm not careful, I can spend all my life in the past thinking about the good old days when all of these things happen. So basically, I want to forget my past accomplishments, except for one key principle. It is good to remember in your life and my life some things that God did in my life in the past if those memories will give me a jump start for the thing that I'm facing today. In other words, the God that brought me through this then, it's a different situation now. But if that memory puts faith in my heart and gives me energy to head forward, that's a good memory I don't want to forget. Let me give you an example. One day, David was a little shepherd boy. And he was out in the fields and his dad told him to go to where there was a battle heading. And he went out to the battle and his brothers were there. And he was just a young shepherd boy. And King Saul was there with the army of Israel. And they were fighting this guy named Goliath, this big giant. David went there and here's all he heard. The giant making fun of Israel. And everybody in the army, including King Saul, afraid to death to even approach the guy. So David goes to King Saul and he says this. What is wrong with you people? He says, why are you afraid of this Philistine? who is making fun of our God. David says to King Saul, I'll fight him. King Saul goes, yeah, right. You don't have any armor on. You're a little boy. You're a young kid. You're a shepherd. You have no idea what you're facing. And then David said this, Saul, let me tell you something. In my past, as a shepherd, I was watching the sheep. And one time a bear came. And God gave me the strength to kill the bear and save the sheep. Another time, a lion came, and God gave me the strength and the ability to kill that lion and save the sheep. And then David said this, the same God that back here did that for me, the same God today will help me take care of this giant. Now, was that giant different than the bear and the lion? Yes. So David can't go... Well, God did it for me before. He'll do it again. David has to realize it's God. It isn't you. It isn't me. So I can use a memory from my past accomplishments that God did something back there. If that will generate in my life because I have history, I've got faith for right now, then I can use that as a positive thing. I don't want to get rid of it. But most of the time, Our memories of good accomplishments need to be forgotten. Let me give you a little idea without any words. Let me give you an example of what happens. What's the danger of living of past accomplishments? What happens to us? And I'll just give you a little example. Here's the danger. I get the what? Tell me. I get the big head. What's another word for big head? Pride. You see, if I open this sucker and I start looking in here, wow, wow, am I something special or what? Don't laugh. You've done it. You see, and pretty soon, I think that life is all about, mm, wow. 
God hates pride. He hates it. And see, God isn't interested in what he did 20 years ago in my life. I need to have a current relationship with God today. The power of God must be in my life today. And the memories of the past are there. But God is a God of today. So danger number one is I become prideful. God hates it. There's another danger. And it's more prevalent in the church than even pride. The second thing is, Satan will come and remind me of my past, my successes. And and that will cause me to become not only prideful, but stagnant. Because, see, if my life is about looking at the past, then I'm not living in the present. And so many people say that. You've already heard me say the word. I wish we were in the good old days. You're never going to be in the good old days again. How many remember gas at less than 25 cents a gallon? How many remember it? Praise God. Who thinks you're going to get there again? You need help in your mind. It's not going to happen. So I can't live there. And here's what happens spiritually. You go through the word. You've been a Christian for 30 years. And you're living in the past. Well, I've been through the word of God. Well, what's Balmer going to give us today? That passage, I could quote it to you in the Greek and the Hebrew. Yeah, you could quote it to me. But you ain't living it at all. But why? Because you become stagnant in your walk with God. God requires a vibrant day-by-day relationship. So one of the things I have to be careful about is the thing that God has helped me accomplish in my past. It can cause me to be stagnant and prideful. Now, it's not only for individuals. As you look around our world... Why do you see many churches that used to be vibrant? The congregations were growing. The church was amazing. All kinds of things would happen. All kinds of different denominations. All kinds of things going. You go to the churches today, and they're dead. There's hardly anybody in them. Everybody's left. Everybody's either gone back to the world or changed to another church. Now, why is that? Because that church... That denomination, that association of churches started, instead of living today current, they started living and relying on what happened in the good old days. Could that ever happen to Calvary Chapel? Yes, it could. Well, think about this. We're almost 20 years old next year in Melbourne. 9,000 people every week, four campuses. Missionaries all over the world. All kinds of people getting saved. People getting water baptized. You guys grow on ministry. Building new kids building. Can't fit the people in the kids building. Wow, praise God. I just want to share with you something. With God's help, let me say that again. With God's help, as long as I'm your pastor, this place ain't going to get stagnant. And we're going to accomplish what God wants for us today, tomorrow, and the future. Some of you out there saying, Pastor Mark, I'm not going with you. Bye. Because we're 
moving forward. Get your hand up just like this. Come on, like a floor staper. We're moving forward. We're moving forward for Jesus Christ. So if you're not comfortable moving forward, go to a dead church. I'm sorry. Because we're moving forward. By the way, don't do that because we'll just take you along with you. And eventually you'll get it. I want you to write this statement down. This is huge. Quit talking about your relationship with God in a past tense. If your relationship with God is past tense, then you're hurting. Because God is a God of today. We can't go back to the church of Acts and try to be the church of Acts. We have to be the church that God designed us to be today. Filled with the power of the Spirit. It's fresh. It's overflowing. There's new manna available for us every single day. The next generation that we're working on is the kids. Because that's the generation that's going. Those of us that are older, boomers and all the rest, we're headed out of here. We're still ministering to you. We're still sharing with you. But my friends, we're working on the next generation. The young, the youth, and the next generation are coming up. That's who we're focusing on. That's who Paul was focusing on. We haven't forgot you. Relax. I'm part of you. I haven't forgotten me. But we want to be young for Jesus Christ. And we want the church to be all God wants us to be. Now, there's another principle. It's not only that I have to forget my accomplishments. Here's the next thing you want to write down. I have to forget my past sins, failures, guilt, shame, and regrets. So this suitcase, the red one, reminds me of my past sins, my past failures, Guilt that I have from the past, decisions that I made, shame, and regrets. Now, when I look at that, what does that mean to you? When you see that red bag and you look at your life, your life and you look at your past, what pops into your mind? Lots of things pop into our mind. Noble Doss dropped the ball. One ball, one pass, one mistake. In 1941, he let one football fall. And it's haunted him ever since. I cost us a national championship, he says. The University of Texas football team was ranked number one in the nation, hoping for an undefeated season and a berth in the Rose Bowl. They played conference rival Baylor University. With a 7 to nothing lead in the third quarter, the Longhorn quarterback launched a deep pass to wide-open Doss. The only thing I had between me and the goal, he recalls, was 20 yards of grass. The throw was on target. Longhorn fans rose to their feet. The sure hand that Doss spotted the ball reached out. And it slipped through his fingers. Baylor rallied, tied the score with seconds to play. Texas lost their top ranking and consequently their chance at the Rose Bowl. I think about that play every day, Dawson Hits. Today we learned the sad story of a man who could not let go of what to him was one of the biggest failures of his life. Despite his successes, he seemed to define himself by that one failure. Pastor Mark used this story to illustrate how focusing on the past can stunt our growth as Christ followers. 
We need to let the good and bad of the past remain in the past. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will be wrapping up the teaching, Forgetting My Past. He will be teaching what the proper role our emotions should have in determining how we carry out our journey as Christ followers. We will be reminded of the accuser, Satan, and how he likes to try to stunt our growth as Christians. We'll learn how to resist him and to keep our eyes on Jesus. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving